Go with me to the book of Galatians. Yeah, thank you. I thought about, thank you, so many times in our lives that we <clears throat> face things and trying to find the right response for it. How many of you have ever struggled for the right response? You know what I mean? And we have to be able to know what God wants. We, everybody doesn't seem to have a problem knowing what they want until it comes to dinner after church. But knowing what God wants and being able to please God, I, I think it's important that we're seeking to please God. So the, the church is being painted right now. Just a side mention, you say, well, how come you didn't ask me the color I was seeking to please God and not man? <laughs> so everybody, here, here's what we have to understand is that God has a way that he does things. And how many of you have ever found out that some way, sometimes God's way isn't always our way? And we have to seek to find his way. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Galatians, the fifth chapter and the 17th verse. It says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Let's pray together. Father, we ask you, Lord, just to speak to us today. Lord, I ask, God, that you would anoint me, God, to declare your word, Father, because your word's been anointed from the time that it was spoken. And let me decrease so you can increase, and we'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a little while today on fruitful. Everybody say it with me, fruitful. I talked about two factions that war against each other. How many of you have ever felt that war going on inside of you? It's, it's just a natural process. There's a war that's going on. You remember the little cartoons that used to come up and there would be a little devil show up on one side and he'd be whispering in the ear over here and a little angel would show up on the other side and be telling them, well, there's more reality to that than we realize. There is a battle that is raging constantly. If you don't believe it, let somebody caught you off in traffic and see how quickly that little devil pops up beside your head saying, chase them down. Don't let them cut you off like that. Give them a piece of your mind. I had a pastor for How many of you remember Brother Walls that was here? You remember Brother Walls that came? He, you know, when he, was a, when he was younger, he was pastoring a church, and he said a lady called him up and said, Brother Walls, I called you to give you a piece of my mind. He said, Sister, I wouldn't dream of taking the last piece. <laughs> and he said, then he, he told me, he said, I ended up having to repent over that. <laughs> the, the, the flesh is there. There's, it's just there's something in us that wants to respond, and we were born with this into us. Ever since the fall, we've inherited that nature. Everybody say a battle is raging. Now, I thought about this because since this battle is going on, we need, we need to have the right response, right? There's a lot going on in the world today that can be really disturbing and aggravating. How many of you have watched the news lately and just gotten aggravated? You know, gotten, got upset. How many of you do that on a regular basis? Shut the news off. I'm telling you that, that sometimes we have to, I thought about this and God had been speaking to me about this for a couple of weeks now, about our response. And I, I started looking at Paul and what was going on in his day because he's the one that penned these words. And in Paul's day, there are Roman emperors that want to be worshiped as God. They have, there, there is an affront against Christianity. And so I started looking at his response. And I thought, wow, we need to take 
a look at his words and maybe we can recognize the response we need to have. Everybody say, I want to be fruitful. So let's take a look here. There are, when, let me see if I can uh, explain it like this. If there's a battle raging, how many of you have ever had an argument with your wife or spouse or brother or sister? Anybody ever had an argument? Wave your hand if you've never had an argument. All right, we're all in the same boat in here. Okay, so you've had an argument. And anytime there's an argument, you've got two buckets in your hand. And one of these buckets is water, and the other one is gasoline. And whichever bucket you decide to throw on the fire is going to determine whether you put it out or whether you blow it into a new dimension. Everybody say, careful what bucket you use. I thought about how important that is, you know, because we, we're packing these buckets around and we, we've got to make the right decisions. How many of you have ever thrown gas on fire? I was burning some leaves one time and the fire went out. I still had a lot of smoke. I learned something, that where there's smoke, there's fire. I had a can of gasoline, and I started pouring it on those leaves that were smoking. And I was walking along like that, and that gasoline can was kind of dripping. And all of a sudden, I heard it igniting. And literally, I am running, and this, ga- this flame is following me, and I got a leaky gas can, and it's following me. And I finally got to and I threw the thing out of my hand. I thought, man, my heart was pounding. And I thought, how are you going to explain that one at the hospital? What happened? I set myself on fire (laughs) because I'm using the wrong bucket. How many times do we let something get blown way out of proportion when we could have kept it? I can't tell you how many times that Debbie (laughs) has told me, quit throwing gas on this fire. Look, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, everybody said, I heard a story about one guy said, my wife and I have been married for 50 years and we've never had an argument. I thought, they don't talk to each other. (laughs) There's just, look, everybody say trouble comes. You don't have to go looking for it. It just shows up. And the response that we have toward that is going to make a huge difference. Now, let's find out how we get those buckets full of what's in them. So, Let's take a look at Galatians 5, 19 and 21. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Everybody say, it's easy to see and detect. Nobody's got to figure out the works of the flesh. Let's take a look at them. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelry, revelry, I can't talk, revelries and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Stay with me here. How many of you in this building have ever had one of those things that I mentioned show up in your life. Wave your hand at me. Now, I want, I want you to stay with me here because I want to show you something. Paul makes a statement, and he said, whoever practices such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Say this with me. Practice makes perfect. This is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, look, He didn't say if any of you have ever experienced it. He didn't say if any of you have ever been subject to it. He said if there's anyone that practices this, if you do this kind of stuff on a regular basis, if that's the bucket that you carry with you all the time and that's the bucket you draw from, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't say it. Paul said it. You got a problem, take it up with him, not me. So here's the whole thing. It's like Paul's laying it out. He said, buddy, this is the work of the flesh. This is the bucket full of gasoline. This will excel things. And and then I thought, well, 
where's the bucket of water? You look down below it. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. How many of you have ever felt or, or, or experienced any of those things I just read working in your life? Which one do you like better? The last one, right? So you can, you know, if I'm, if I'm drawing from that bucket. Now, here's what Paul said. He said that believers, the ones that, that, that have surrendered to him, we've crucified the flesh. How many of you found out that your flesh wants to come back to life? How many, anybody in here? Your flesh ever tried to come back to life on you before? You, you, I mean, you praise God, it's Sunday, and we had a wonderful service Monday morning. So you go to work and somebody says something cross to you. What? Lay hands on you, pray for you. You understand what I'm talking about? It's like we, we get, and it happens that quick. And that's what Paul was saying. Paul's saying, look, you've got to understand there is a constant war that is going on inside of us. And you've got to make up your mind which bucket you're going to use. Because we all got two buckets. Everybody say, I got two buckets. You did not come in this house without your flesh on. You, are, you have flesh. You don't believe you have flesh? Let somebody slap you in the face and you're going to find out how alive your flesh is. You've got flesh, but you live. There is a spirit living in that fleshly body. Think about this. We're the only part of creation that's made of heaven and earth. God took us. He formed us. But we're the only part of creation that God breathed into. So we've got to make a decision. Are we going to operate in carnality? Are we going to carry around that, that, that bomb ready to blow up? Or are we going to operate out of the breath of God, the very being of God, what he's called us to be fruitful? Everybody say fruitful. You ever had an argument, Danny? You ever had an argument? Never had an argument? Oh, yeah? Could you feel that? Wasn't bad, was it? Ever have an argument? Ever have an argument? Nobody's really getting mad at me right now. At least I hope not. Ever have an argument? It depends on how hot... The argument is, right, depends on how much water you got to use. Now, I, I did that for a purpose because I'm, I'm sprinkling water, and everybody, everybody up front here was very kind. And pastors, nobody jumped up and said, who do you think you are sprinkling water on me? But I promise you, if I'd stuck my hand in a bucket of gas and I had been flicking that, it wouldn't have been the same response. Do you understand that gasoline can burn you without a match? I had a friend that was a missionary, and he was in Africa, and he'd, he'd had a, a bunch of little children around him, and he, he got lice. And so he, went, he wasn't thinking. He went and got a can of gasoline and poured it all over his head. To kill those lice as soon as he poured that gas on his head man it set his head on fire. I'm not talking about with a flame but his head just started burning he took off running down to the river dunked his head in the river where all the crocodiles were he didn't care man his head was on fire he stuck that head in that river and it turned his hair orange literally turned his hair orange why? Because gasoline will do something to you. You know what? You got to be careful when you got gasoline in your bucket. Because you never know what's going to happen. Everybody say explosions. 
Oh. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if, if, look, if you get gas on you, how many of you know that's really dangerous? I had a friend of mine that worked at a gas station when I was a high school, in high school. His buddies had come up to the gas station and they were shooting gas from the pump. They didn't turn it on, but you know, there's, there's gas pressure after you've run that pump and they were goofing off shooting that gas. Well, they forgot all about it. And at the end of the day, they were getting ready to close down and a guy, he took his friend, had been, they'd been playing with that gas and he took a cigarette and he flicked it on his buddy. And all of a sudden, it set his buddy on fire. I mean, he blew into a flame that quick. They had to call the ambulance. They came in there. It, turned, it was just a big joke, but the big joke turned into a big tragedy. Can I tell you, it's no joke when you allow your flesh to control your actions. It's no joke when all of a sudden, every time a situation comes up that, that, that frustrates you or, 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 or that, that gets you aggravated, instead of going for the water, you're reaching for the gasoline, and it continues to escalate and escalate until it finally consumes you. And the Lord is saying, Paul's telling them, don't do that. You, you can't avoid the battle. The battle's real and the battle's raging. But you've got to learn how to get through the battle. You've got to learn which weapon is the weapon of your choice. And if we reach for the flesh, we're going to consume one another. But if we reach for the Spirit, somebody say the Spirit. Everybody say fruit of the Spirit. Do you know what the word fruit means in Greek there? It means fruit as plucked. Everyone say plucked. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that God never intended for the fruit to rot in the tree. He wants it to be plucked. He wants it to be eaten. There's a passage of Scripture found in Matthew 21 and 19 in Jesus. It says, and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever, and presently the fig tree withered away. What's that parable tell you, or what not parable, what's that story tell you that, that literally happened? It tells you that Jesus is serious about there being fruit in the garden, fruit on the tree. It's not enough just to have leaves. Praise God. I'm so glad you're all here today. I'm so thankful for all of you. They really getting to be a pain. How many of you have ever seen the leaves? You know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, you know, walking around and it's like, oh, everything's wonderful. And, and man, they, oh, you're, so, you're just so precious. You're, just, you're a treasure. I'd love to bury you. You know what I'm talking about? It's just the appearance and you've got to understand that God looks into the heart. You can't trick God. You can't just throw, throw some leaves out there and fool God. God knows what's in our heart. And when he saw a tree that had the leaves, but there was no fruit, he cursed it and it died. Why? Because God never wanted any of us being in a situation where we're needing something, we're hungry for something, and we go to a church just to find a bunch of leaves? No, 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 no. He said, there got to be some fruit on that vine. There got to be some fruit on that tree. I've called you to that. That's who God is, and that's who he wants us to be. Luke 6 and 44, a tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes. 
and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. If you saw me climbing up into a walnut tree and you hollered up at me and said, Pastor, what are you doing, picking some walnuts? And I said, no, I'm looking for bananas. What would you think? What would your response be? Yeah, are you nuts? (laughs) No. You're in the wrong tree. You see, a tree is identified by its fruit. People know you by your character. They know you not by so much what you say, but they know you by what you do. Let me ask a question. How many of you have ever seen someone that talked a good game but when it came to doing it, when it came to doing it, it was something totally and completely different. I don't want to be known for that. I need, I need some fruit. Somebody say, I'm hungry. When you're hungry, you want something to eat, right? Right? fruit. How many of you like bananas? I know why. Because bananas are good. How many of you like a banana? How many of you like one of these bananas? Just hold your hand up if you'd like one. Now hear me in a minute. (laughs) What happens is this, is it's not enough for us to produce fruit. We need to share fruit. We've got to be willing to take it out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. We need to give somebody something that when they look at it, they say, man, there's something about them. I don't know quite what it is, but I want what they got. Everybody say, I want it. Fruit. Makes all the difference. Now, look at this. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, look at John 13 and 35. Jesus makes a statement. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. The NLT said it this way, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. I want you to get that for just a second. Love is the first word that comes in the fruits of the Spirit. And here Jesus is letting them know that love, fruit, lets folks know that you belong to me. Everybody say, I belong to him. What kind of love is this talking about? What is it? Is it eros? Is it filio? What kind of love is this? This is agape love. This is a love that gives without expecting. It's a love that is unrestricted. It's a love that's unconditional. The best way I can describe this love is like when you have a baby and you love a baby. How many of you have ever had a baby? Wave your hand if you've had a baby and loved a baby. How many of you have ever, maybe you, you just babysat a baby? How many of you love babies? Let me put it that way. How many of you love babies? You just love babies. We need some help in the nursery. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. We need some help. In the, so those of you that raised your hands and love babies, I want you to see Matt after service today. But let me, let me, let me hang in here. Boy, that's a good way to get volunteers, isn't it? Okay, so you got a baby unconditional love, right? How many of you know that babies make messes at both ends? How many of you had a baby make messes at both ends? My wife always talks about when our son, and he wasn't, he, he, he wasn't a, a little baby anymore, but he got real sick. And he got, when he got sick, man, I mean, it was on, yeah. All on me. 
I ran in there and I grabbed him up. And I don't know, I, I can't explain it. And, and Debbie will tell you, this has always been my response. I don't know why I do it. But anytime my family is sick and they're, I run and I grab them and I hold them. I've held, I've held my, my wife, my sons, my, or my son, my daughter, while they were throwing up, I just hold them. Why do you do that? I can't tell you. It's just that I feel like when you're in a position where you're hurting and you can't hold anything, someone needs to hold you. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Come on, have you ever been there before in a place where in your life you felt like, man, I'm losing it. I can't hold anything together. And then all of a sudden the arms of God come and wrap around you and hold you. And he lets you know it's going to be okay. I love you unconditionally. It doesn't matter that you can't keep it together. I'm going to hold you together until you get it together. I'm going to keep you in my arms until you're able to get it together. You don't take a baby when it messes its diaper and hold it up by the foot. This is the stinkiest thing. Take this back and get us a new one. There's a default with this. It's messed up. I hate to tell you this, folks, but we all messed up. The Scripture said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But aren't you glad that there's a God that doesn't run away from our messes? There's a God that loves us. That's, everybody say, that's some fruit going on. So with all the mess that's going on in the world and all the aggravation and all the frustration that we feel, God began to speak to me and he said, Rick, I need you to communicate to the people. Don't respond the same way the world is responding. They need someone right now that can show them the love of God. They need someone that can show them the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is what? is our strength. But pastor, you don't understand. They're really getting on my nerves. I understand. But if you want to have an impact, you can't respond in the flesh because it's just going to blow things up. I thought about Paul and I thought about Jesus. And the way that they responded and in the midst of all the anger and hostility that they were surrounded with, they spoke about the love of God. They spoke about the goodness of God and the power of God. I want to take a moment and go through some of these other fruits. How many of you understand that for every fruit of the Spirit, it has a work of the flesh to fight against it. Where there's love, there's also hate. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. Hate is the work of the flesh. Joy. Somebody say joy. I love this because we think about joy as being, woo! Joy, the word joy means calm delight. Sounds like a dessert, doesn't it? With whipped cream in the middle. Calm, delight, joy. You ever see a mother that's got 10 kids? She's got to have calm, delight, or she's going to lose her mind. Kids, I, I promise you, I've been in the house. I've, you know, I traveled for years, man. I'd be in somebody's house, kids be climbing up the wall. Honey, don't do that. Come down from there. They're so sweet. Get off the chandelier, precious. Get, get that, a calm delight. I'm going to tell you the truth, man. We didn't have babies at my house. I was the last baby at my house. So I never was a baby. I grew up. <laughs> I don't remember being a baby. So I can't, I, well, the first time I go to Debbie's house and I meet her, 
they got kids running all over the place, man. I mean, they're, they're, it's like a factory producing babies, man. They, they got, they, there's babies all over the place. And I go in there, and these kids, the, these kids, now they're all grown up now, but they weren't then. And those kids would be, ah, you know, and they'd be throwing stuff. I had, I had a little nephew grab anything and throw it, man. It didn't matter what it was, throw it. Ah, you know, and, you better duck if he gets a hold of a knife. I mean, it was just, he just threw it. It was just, you know, and they, and, and, they, and all, and, and diapers, you know, and, and baby bottles all over the place. And, and, they, and, and I'm about to have a fit. These kids are running around the house and I'm, good night, man. I'm starting to get antsy and they're all, we're so glad to have you here. I ain't. <laughs> Until I got used to children. Once I had my own, everything changed. See, maybe the reason God is so patient with us is because we tried the dickens out of him before. How many of you can remember a time in your life when you were in that mess and God didn't abandon you or throw you away, but he worked with you? Everybody say joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you realize how much power there is when you can be cheerful and stay calm and delight in God no matter what's going on around you? That's powerful stuff. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. What contrasts joy Revelries. Revelries is loud, and it's, it's, it's a party where there's a bunch of drinking going on and, and, and rioting going on. We saw it in our streets all across this country. Revelries. The sad thing was is the way a lot of people answered it was to do a little reveling themselves, hollering back and forth. Can I share this with you? No matter how loud you scream a lie, it's still a lie. And no matter how softly you whisper the truth, it's still the truth. You don't have to scream the truth for it to stand. It's just going to stand. That's why Jesus told him, he said, he said, I am the way, the what? The truth and the light. He told them, he said, don't, don't tell anybody about this. What was he doing? He's saying, he's saying, look, I, I, I'm going to stand by myself. I don't need, I, if I say he's God, it doesn't help him be God. If I say he's not God, it doesn't stop him from being God. He's God all by himself. No matter what people are shouting, no matter what they're saying, no matter what they're doing, the word of God is still the word of God. He's still alive, he's still well, and he's still able. And we've got to respond with some water. Everybody say water. Long-suffering. Oh, wait, peace. Everybody say peace. Peace is a quietness and a rest. Jesus made the statement, said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is what he's saying. He's saying, I've given you a gift of peace of mind and heart. The opposite of that, of peace in the flesh, is outbursts of wrath. Long-suffering is patience. Everybody say Patience. The scripture says in Luke 21 and 19, in your patience possess ye your souls. Patience is just simply put staying with it, not giving up. As a matter of fact, the definition for patience is cheerful or hopeful endurance, constancy. The writer of Hebrews tells us in 10 and 36, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. How many of you ever did what God wanted you to do and then you got impatient waiting for the promise? Okay, God, I did it. Where's mine? I did it, Lord. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. God, are you still there? Do you, I, I did what you asked. Haven't we all been there at some time or another? It's like I'm doing all I know to do. God, where are you at? 
And Paul say, or the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, you, you just need patience to be able to wait it out. God's, going, God's not forgotten you. He's not walking away from you. He's going to do for you exactly what he promised he would do for you. Goodness. Everybody say goodness. Do you know what goodness is in Greek? It's the moral qualities which constitute Christian excellence. Everybody say some values. If I don't have, if, if my values... If my compass is broken and I don't have values, then how am I going to show anybody else the way? It troubles me today. The other thing it talks about faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is a, faith is a belief. It's in the truthfulness of God. Say that with me. The truthfulness of God. So you, it's a belief in the truthfulness of God. So we look around. What's, what's, what contrasts? Faith, it's heresies. It's when you don't believe the word of God. We live in a world where the church isn't being the church any longer. There's something wrong when the church doesn't believe in the divine conception of, of Jesus. When, when they don't, there's something wrong with when we, When we've got churches that are ordaining homosexuals as ministers, how can you help someone if you're not willing to love them enough to share the truth with them? That doesn't mean you get up in their face and start shouting and screaming at them. It means that you calm and you very lovingly share with them that God loves you and he's got so much more for you than this. How many of you are glad that somebody shared the truth with you? And we, get, we take these sins and we put them on a sliding scale and say, oh, you can't talk about that. You can't. Sure I can. I talk about my sin. Just because I didn't do what you were doing doesn't mean I wasn't a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And just the same way that I needed God to rescue me, we need God to rescue all of us, don't we? So we need to cry out, here I am. Love me enough to share him with me. Love me enough to tell me about the truth of his goodness and love. Gentleness. I love this. It's softness of manners, mildness of temper, sweetness of disposition. This is one I work on. I'm trying to be sweet. Mildness of manner. Hi, y'all. You know what I'm talking about? Some of this stuff doesn't come easy for us, does it? Some of it's not natural because Paul said there's a war that goes on constantly. I've got the flesh that's always trying to rise up, and I've got to let the Spirit of God push it down, get it underneath me so that people are seeing the fruit. Everybody say, give me some fruit. What was one of the others? The other, one of the others is, oh, self-control. Somebody say self-control. Oh, man, look at this. How many of you know what's the opposite of self-control? Talk about selfish ambitions, indulgence. It's like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. Hang on a second. Aren't you glad that God's a forgiving God? Now, stop and think about it. How many times have we been trying to serve something up to somebody and what we're doing is shoveling them a bunch of peels instead of giving them the fruit? And then we can't figure out, well, how come you don't like that? It's because you're keeping all the fruit to yourself. You're shucking out the peels over here and saying, oh, the Lord loves you. He cares about you. Have some. Have. Nobody wants that. What people want is to know that when they're in trouble and they're experiencing pain, that you're going to be there to help them through that pain, that you don't walk away from them, but you walk them through it. That's why David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because he's with me. He's not making me go it alone. You don't have to make this on your own. God wants to take you through it. Would you stand with me today? How many of you today say, God, I want to be fruitful? I, I want you to stop and I want you to consider. Because what we've seen happening in the world is going to continue to happen.
And if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves in a place where we're responding the same way the world is responding. Screaming and trying to shout somebody down isn't going to change their mind. You ever been in a grocery store or public place and be little kids, little bitty kids, and all of a sudden you see a parent and that child reaches out to get something or they say, I want, I want a candy bar. I told you, you, and I mean, man, just go off on those little kids. You know what that does for those children? It causes them to grow up yelling at everybody because that's the only form of communication they've ever known. Screaming and yelling. Or it beats them down to the place that they feel like I'm not worth anything. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth everything to him. For God so loved the world that he gave for you. So this is what I'm saying to us. And God, God was dealing with me about this. He said, Rick, tell them they have to respond with fruit. We have to demonstrate to the world who he is by being a reflection of that, by loving, by being kind. And it doesn't come easy all the time, does it? It's easy to love when someone's loving you back. But when someone's up in your face and you're trying to reach for love, that's why it's that agape love. It's that unconditional love, and he's the only one that can do it through us. So this is what I want you to understand is that God wants to use you. The question is, will you let him? Are you willing to say today, here I am, God, use me? And then begin to walk with your heart open toward him, asking him to show you what to do. I want to ask you a question today. We're going to pray. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you felt your flesh coming up? Anybody ever been there where you, you felt it starting to rise, but then all of a sudden you paused for a moment and you started asking God, and, and then it was like water got poured on that flame that was inside your heart and it started calming it down and putting it out and you were able to respond differently than you would have. Anybody ever been there? How's it make you feel? Doesn't it make you feel like, wow, God, that was amazing. I can't believe you just used me that way. This is what I'm asking you to do today. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I need to get some fruit in my bowl. <laughs> and I need some water in my bucket. I want you to come and stand with me right now, very quickly. In the days ahead, There, there's an escalation that's coming, and we're in the middle of it right now. And as the escalation comes, we're going to be challenged within ourselves on how we respond. And look, I'm not, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm preaching me as much as I am you. We're going to be challenged on how we respond. 
And God has really started dealing with me about look at the fruit because that's how people know you're my disciple. They know the tree by the fruit that it bears. How many of you know talk is pretty cheap? You know what I mean? You can buy a dictionary for a little or nothing. You don't even have to buy one now. You can just go online. So all these words that we say can be empty. Paul said it this way in Corinthians. He said, though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels. In other words, though I speak in my own language and I speak in a heavenly language, though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and I don't have charity or love, I'm like a, what? Tinkling brass or a clanging cymbal. Have you ever hit a cymbal? It rings, it sounds kind of empty. And that's what the writer's telling us. I can do all the talking, but if love isn't in there, it's just emptiness. God is getting ready to use you in ways that you never dreamed you would be used. He's going to put you in places to speak life and truth and hope and help to people. But we've got to be filled up to do it. So let me ask a question. When, if, if you're in a situation and something happens, what's going to be the first thing that comes out of your mouth? It's going to be whatever I'm the fullest of. If I haven't been spending time in the presence of God, then that fruit isn't what is going to naturally come up out of me. It's time for us to get equipped. It's time for us to get ready and say, God, here I am, use me. Are we ready to do that today? Now, I want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Now, what I don't want you to do today is walk out of here beating yourself up because we've all been there. Can I get a yes? We've all been there. Paul said those that practice it. He didn't say those that have been there. He said those that stay there. Those that practice it. Those that just keep doing it over and over and over again. I'm done practicing. I, I, want, to get out of, I want to get out of Dodge. I don't want to hang out there anymore. But I'm going to hang out where Jesus is. Amen. Stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Father, we come to you. God, take a step toward me. I want you to raise your hands to heaven. I want you to look at me just a second. Stretch those hands to heaven. The first thing I want you to do is to let go of it and forgive yourself and, and just say, God, I release it. Don't let the devil beat you up with it. Stretch your hands to heaven with me. Come on, church, just hang out here with me for a second. The reason that it's been so intense and you felt like, man, sometimes I feel like walls are coming in on me. It's because of what God has prepared. And, and, and when anytime something great is being prepared, there's, there's a lot of ingredients that go into it. And, and, and there's a lot of... In Jesus' name. Come on, just stretch your hands to heaven with me and love me. Learn. Love him with me right now. God, I praise you. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. Stretch your hands to heaven. God, I give you praise. I, I, I want you to I want you to let your mind take a break. 
I see you with like, I mean, it's like I'm looking at a, a, not a pickup, but like a dump truck. You know what I'm talking about? That is so filled up with thoughts. And, and, and it's like that sometimes it's, it, it's like, there, like a super highway going, man, a, 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 a thousand different directions. And God is reeling it in and saying, I don't want you to feel that way because that does something to you on the inside. He said, I don't want you to feel that way. Am I telling you the truth today? He said, I don't want you to feel that way. He said, I'm, I'm going to bring your focus to center. I'm, I'm going to... out I'm just going to give you what I see when I laid my hand on you I saw a pinball machine and that ball was just bouncing all over the place and this is what I hear the Lord saying to me she needs a steady path it's just that she's felt like she's all over and and bouncing off of one thing is that true that folks you have to understand something God loves us so much he reveals things to us and he he reveals it because he's going to heal it <laughs> as you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now I had a word come in my ear and and this word I, I thought when I heard that I thought God what is that and he said she said he said just share it with her he said because this word is like dessert I mean this word is going to it, it's going to change things and the word I heard is surrender just a surrender it you've had to fight and scrape and you know make your way and so surrender doesn't come easy for you does it I think about those times when I was able to just surrender into the hands I knew that loved me. Some folks never knew that. But those hands I knew were going to hold me and, and carry me and keep me. That's what he's going to do for you. You can trust his hands. Cheers. 
I'm just going to say it the way I'm, I, I'm hearing it. It's like you tasted something. It's like when you taste something that you'd never tasted before, and it is so good, and you go, wow, man, I, I, I want some more of that. I, I need to get some more of that. And it's like you want to tell everybody about it, and you're trying to describe what it's like. And it, mm. Come on. Hallelujah. Maybe that's why Paul made a statement and said, that it's joy unspeakable. Can't, can't put it into words. God's going to do something special for you. That you he's, he's drawing you close to him. I sense that there's a shift that's happening in your life. As a matter of fact, it's already happened. And, 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 and you're moving into something new in him. Can you love him? Come on, just stretch your hands. Not to us, but to your name. We lift up all praise. Not to us, but to your name. We lift up all praise. As you stretch, stretch your hands to heaven. out of here knowing that God has equipped you for this hour. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, God has equipped me. Come on, look at him and say, I want you to look at him and right now I want you to make a declaration of faith. I want you to speak in boldness. I want you to look at the person that's standing next to you and say, you are looking at a fruitful bow. I am, I am filled with the fruit of the Spirit of God and my branch is hanging down, man. I'm getting ready to pluck some off and share it with everybody around me. Come on, stretch those hands to with me. Thank you, Father, Lord, for touching your people for keeping us, God, and speaking through us. God, using us to touch the world. Let them go forward now in faith and strength and boldness and power in Jesus' name. Give me a hand clap of praise in this house today. Not to us. 